Welcome to episode three of the Left Behind Game Club. Today, we played and are ready to talk through Gone Home. Some of us are more ready than others. Did Mo play the right game? This is what went in my head, literally, because like, you walk in creepy house, and you're just kind of like going through this door, and it's storming outside, and there's a note saying, hey, don't bother looking for me, mom and dad are gone. It's like, yeah, she definitely like murdered the parents, she's running away, she's like running from the law. She says, don't tell mom and dad. <laughs> that, okay, it's open to how you perceive it, because like, when, re- when I saw that, I'm like, this don't is Don't tell mom and story. dad that you killed them. Even, don't even tell like, mom and dad in hell, where I put you two. You're listening to the Left Behind Game. Welcome to the Left Behind Game Club, our never-ending challenge to make sure that no game is left behind. I'm your host, Jacob McCourt, and with me, I have Michael Ruffalo. Hello. And Mo Murtadi. How's it going? Oh, you know it's going. That's good. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. good. Pretty good. Great. So today's game is Gone Home. I picked this one, and I picked this one because it's a game I played about a month ago, after a lot of people talking about it for a long time. It's just a game that I felt is had been talked about a lot, but since it came out four years ago and you might have missed it, it might be a good opportunity to bring it up again. Never so, heard of it. I've never even heard of it. Completely new. You, really? Okay. Yeah. It's like you guys when you guys mentioned it at first, I was like, okay, uh, yeah, that game. Let's let's check it out. And I instantly had to do that Steam search, pretending like I knew what it was. But yeah. Interesting. Okay. Now I need to know, did you think it was Grow Home? <laughs> so when you guys first mentioned it, I was like, "Oh yeah, I have that game." And I was like, "I was about to boot up Grow Home," and then like I eventually noticed the articulation, and you guys said "Gone Home," and it was like an awkward. Uh, I'll just keep that to myself kind of moment. <laughs> <laughs> and then until we talked about it earlier, yeah, that's exactly what happened. I thought it was a Grow Home. Fantastic. And Mike, what's your experience with it? So, um, I had never played it. I had listened to it being discussed at a bunch of Game of the Year discussions a couple years ago. Um, and I had heard a lot about it. It's, it sort of has a special place um, in the culture for me because I love the Idle Thumbs guys. And uh, almost all of them worked on this game. Idle Thumbs? So, what's that? So, Idle Thumbs is a fantastic gaming podcast. Um, oh. Actually, they've expanded outside of games. They do uh, Idle Thumbs, re- or they do Twin Peaks Rewatch. They do a book club. They do a variety of things. Uh, they started out as um, game journalists and then became game developers. Um, a bunch of them worked on uh, the Telltale games when they were really good. Um, they worked. Oh. Some of them worked at Bethesda. <laughs> Throwing a little shade there. Bethesda. Um, Why does that ring a mega bell? They're a huge developer. They're a huge oh, developer that makes Fallout and Skyrim. Oh, okay. and Wait, what did they work on for Bethesda? Because I know obviously they went on to went make Firewatch. Yeah. So Nick but... Brecken worked at Bethesda during oh, okay. the time that uh, Fallout Four was being developed. I'm pretty sure. Um, and I'm pretty sure. So Steve Gaynor, the the guy behind Fulbright. Um, he was the lead designer, correct me if I'm wrong, on Minerva's Den, which was yes. the thing that made Bioshock 2 worth playing. Um, and so I think he left uh, 2K Marin. I think that was who was making it. Um, and then created his own studio, Fulbright. And then if you look in the credits, you'll see Chris Remo did all of the music for Gone Home. Uh, Jake Rodkin did the web stuff and I think some storytelling stuff. Um and then there are a bunch of also like really good stuff in the credits of like Harvey Smith did some of the handwriting. Um, so yeah, a bunch like, of cool little idle thumbs uh, references throughout, and they uh, they all made it. And now it makes j- sense. Just uh, as someone who's had a um, desire to listen to idle thumbs over the years, but they seem to have a lot of different podcasts. Like I know now they have Idle Weekend. Yeah, and. I just don't know where to start. As an aside, and then we'll get into Gone Home, where would you start if you had a a curiosity about Idle Thumbs? Yeah, so um, the Idle Thumbs guys sort of just blew up their podcast network in a way. Um, 
they've been doing the Idle Thumbs podcast since I think for almost a decade. They stopped uh, and then came back with uh, with a Kickstarter. They decided to end their video game podcast or do it not quite consistently and frequently. Um, and instead, they've started up a show called Important If True. That's the one that they do most frequently. Um, if I were to start anywhere, I'd go to uh, their Idle Thumbs video game podcast. Um, and they have an amazing fan base, amazing community online who've uh, set up a database with uh, discussions that's tagged for every topic under the sun. So if you want to go back and listen to their discussion around Gone Home, um, there's a tag for it. So you can find all the different episodes that they reference or talk about Gone Home and listen to all of their discussions around it. Uh, and the same for any other game. They tend to like... They're, uh, they're the ones that love um, Far Cry 2 and Clinton Hawking more than I think anyone else in the world. And they have a lot of fun Jurassic Park well, references. Austin Walker's a big fan of yes. them too, but... Yes, Austin, Austin Walker's a big Far Cry 2 fan, but uh, I think... I think when you compare them, it's just, it's not even close. And, and I'm sure you'll hear Far Cry, or, um, Austin Walker mentioned every time he talks about Far Cry 2, the Idle Thumbs guys, mm-hmm. because they're that known for loving Far Cry 2. <laughs> Far Cry, great series. Primal, recommend Far Cry highly. Primal. Don't exactly. recommend Far Cry Primal. Don't do it. <laughs> we'll get there, are, <laughs> there are four better Far Cry games. At hey, some point on this podcast, that story will be told. One day. One, One day. day. Now, just as a final point before we get into the meat, um, how did you play the game, Mike? So I played it on my MacBook Air, a Steam purchase. Mo? Uh, um, Steam purchase on my machine, my rig, desktop computer. Cool. And I this is the second time that I played it. The first time I played it on PS4, and then the second time I played it on PC with developer commentary turned on. Whoa. Ooh. Where did that come from? That so, sounds like something I should have done. Yeah, 100%. Well, you know what, though? I, I definitely would not recommend doing de- developer commentary the first time through because I went and played the game very differently than I played it the first time. I don't think I would have appreciated as much if I had listened to developer commentary the first time. Right. Yeah, and, and some of the commentary is really, really great and gives you kind of... It lifts the curtain back on some of the aspects of game development. So I think Mike or Mo, if you're interested in that, like there's a lot of cool, like there are some storytelling ones, like they have the voice actor, they have some people from the team. Chris Remo has some music stuff. So I think if you plan on playing it again, or if you want to like, so I blew through it the second time in 45 minutes. If you want to play it again with developer commentary on, uh, you can kind of pick and choose what commentary that you want to listen to. So I definitely think if you're interested in the game and the game's development, then that's something you should do. Cool. I'm going to do that as soon as this podcast's over. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so the game starts and just kind of drops you right into the thick of things, right? Yeah. It, it just. It, I came into it completely, I don't like not knowing anything about it. And they, you get dropped in front of on the porch of a house, and I believe there was a phone call before then where you're calling your parents and you're saying, "Hey, I'm getting home late. I'm taking a cab home. Don't worry about picking me up." And you kind of leave them a voicemail, and then black screen, and you show up on that porch, and it's like, "Okay, just figure something out. Start moving." Um, did you guys ever play a game like this? By the way, like the whole story based. Like initial, like figure it out on your own. Uh, anyone else have experience with any of these types of games? Because this is like one of my first ones I probably completed. Because I usually get way too irritated with no like direction. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone? Anyone else play anything like this? Um, Jake, do you have anything that comes to mind? So like it pulls from certain like adventure game tropes, like having an inventory and then like find this item, use on this item. But I think as far as first-person narrative games, like this game came out in 2013, right? And since then has spawned a few games that have come off of that and kind of created... I don't want to say it's created a genre, but like it's... I almost want to say... definitely a forerunner of that genre. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. It, 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 ta- it takes from different genres 
and make something unique. I'm sure there might be a game or two that have something similar to this, but this is the first iteration of that type of game that I played. Yeah, to be honest, I don't like these types of games. I hate, and by I don't these even, types of games, you mean walking simulators, as they're sort of pejoratively yeah. called. Walking, escape the room, like find a, a passcode, like twist a key, and then like the, kind of like you're waiting for something, waiting for something. And to be honest, at one point I thought I was going to die in this game, and I had to like I'll get to exactly where that was once we kind of go through. But there was one point where I had to stop the game. I did a quick Google search. I'm like, is Gone Home a scary game? <laughs> just <laughs> so a could, survival game. <laughs> just so I could kind of emotionally prepare because I was playing it probably like at 1 a.m. in my is room. I'm in the middle of a forest. So I'm like, this is, this is where I die. I'm going to play this game, and somehow <laughs> something's going to get me. And I don't get freaked out that much but this was the one where i had to kind of pause it um yeah i'm not a fan of these types of games at all because like it's too much like build up build up build up but initially i was like okay let's just power through this and not have like a panic attack midway through i feel (laughs) i've definitely played games that have had you know a a cold open like this um when i think back i feel like half-life 2 sort of starts this way uh when Mm. you're on the train uh going into Whatever the city is, it's been a long time since I played yeah. uh, Half Life. City two. Seventeen, but yeah, you, that's it. But at least you get a crowbar. You yeah. don't get a crowbar and gone home. If I had a See, crowbar, maybe my emotions would be fine. But I had no way. That says a lot about you, Mo. Yeah, I needed a crowbar. <laughs> you need a weapon <laughs> um, to protect me. <laughs> but uh, NRA yeah, I definitely, I've definitely had those like cold opens before, but none of them really come to mind. Um, as, as sharp an experience as this one did, um, because correct me if I'm wrong, the the character that you're playing as, Katie, has never been to this house before. Um, I think so. Yeah, she just moved, or their parents just moved because there's boxes and stuff. Yeah, and and the, the postcard that you open, um, she has an arrow pointing at the address of one Arbor Way or whatever the current address is. And she says, so weird, um, which to me, oh, and you find an invoice for moving, which to mm-hmm. me seems yeah, like yeah, yeah, she, yeah. she wasn't used to writing that address down and, you know, wasn't familiar with that location. Yeah. Um, which I think blinds up really well. It creates less of the Ludo narrative dissonance, the difference between what you're doing and as a player and what you're doing as a character in the world. Yeah. It's because, cool. Yeah, because you don't feel that that distance as much between the character and you, because you know the house is new for your character and it's new for you, you as a player. Exploring. Yeah, and and there are some really cool moments like uh, like creating less distance between you, the player, and you, the character. Um, I mean, I don't think it's a spoiler for me to say this, but I mean, if you this go podcast f- is all spoilers. It's oh, oh by the way guys this game is getting spoiled. Um but at one point there's a note under a side table and under that side table is a note about your sister's feelings about something and I'll just leave the what until we get there but at one point you as the character you're reading through the note and the note actually gets taken away from you and I think Katie, you know how sometimes there's writing there mm-hmm. in front being like, hey, the door's locked or hey, can't get through here. Oh, Sam. So at one point, um, Sam's notes get notes get taken away from you. And Katie's like, no, I can't read this. And Sam and is no the my- younger sister of Katie, who's kind of like the narrator of the entire game. Yeah. The, yeah. the, the first player yeah. character. Is that we should probably lay out the, 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 the yeah. characters yeah. in this game. Yeah. Jacob, Why don't you do ahead, that? Jake? Jacob, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Katie is the player who you play. She's been in Europe for the past year, uh, kind of traveling the world. Um, Sam is her little sister who is just finishing high school, who's preparing to go off to college. And then mom and dad, who I don't I don't even know their names. Like, I don't just, remember their names. Terrence. Terrence is the dad. Um, yes. Let me look in my notes. And then, can't find well, the mom's name. <laughs> they don't really play a major role besides you just concerned about what's happened to them, I guess, because there's no one in the house when you get there. Well, um, I mean, I think there's some, I think there's some hints of an affair and things not going well. In, in uh, yeah, there's a lot of family. smaller stories, and I think some of them are great. Um, and I think 
Why don't you did you find the name of the parents, Mike? I uh, I haven't. Okay, uh, I don't think it's that it's that important. It's Jay. But his name is Jim. <laughs> his name is Jim. Yeah, he writes Jim some books. Jim writes those books and sure sells two crooks. Okay, uh, Terrence might be the the grandfather. No, potatoes. But either way, um, I think, what what was your feeling when you first got into the house? Because the first part of the game is, like, almost teaching you how to play the game, where it's like, hey, this is one of those, like, first-person walking simulators. I, I hate to, like, I hate to put the game in that box, but I would. Uh, just I would for discussion's sake. I would say it's literally that. You're walking around, lifting things up, trying to find your way through the game, and it kind of leads you... Th- through the game using like storytelling and narration to kind of keep you moving in the right direction um that's how i would explain it just from this being one of the first games i've played like this and not really being a fan of them it's you walk around pick things up find clues and keep moving forward okay and how did you feel how did you feel mo when you first got into the house okay first before you so before you even get into the house there's a note on the door saying hey katie um i'm leaving this is Sam writing to her, saying, hey, I'm leaving or something. Um, don't bother looking for me because um, there's no point, and I'll see you soon. Very vague, very, like, what is going on? Like, initially, I'm like, okay, this person, uh, Sam, her, the younger daughter eventually, or younger sister eventually, killed the parents. She murdered everyone <laughs> else. This is, this, what? Is, this is what went in my head, literally, because, like, you walk in creepy house, and you're just kind of, like, going through this door, and they're storming outside, and there's a note saying, hey, don't bother looking for me. Mom and dad are gone. It's like, yeah, she definitely, like, murdered the parents. She's running away. She's, like, running from the law. She says, don't tell mom and dad. <laughs> that, okay, it's open to how you perceive it, because, like, when I, re- when I saw that, I'm like, this don't is Don't tell mom and story. dad that you killed them. Even, don't even, tell like, mom and dad in hell where I put you two. <laughs> Dude, like you, you guys are joking, but that's exactly what's going through my head because even the game art for the game, like the the launch icon, is the portrait of the family. The girl looks super creepy, and, and overall, when you're walking around, there's like a very eerie ambiance that's going around. So, like your brain kind of goes, okay, what's the possible scenario? Possible scenario: this child murdered the parents, ate them, threw them in the closet, <laughs> and is just going on with life. So initially, I'm like, all right, here we go. That's that's you're that's finished. Scary this. world, Mo. What else could be happening? What else, what could, else be could be happening? She, she went to go get a pizza. Yeah. She no, went to get a pizza. That's not a that's not a fun game. I want I want to see something crazy happen. But anyway, left that's, with a boy. That's the initial like feel I got. You get into the door and then it's like okay, creepy music. You have to. There's a bunch of dark hallways, a bunch of dark doors. Um, you have to pick everything up and open a bunch of things. In my head, I'm like, I'm going to open one of these closets and a ghost is going to come out or something. So my <laughs> it's nerves a are. Ghost. That's my initial impression. Like as soon as like he opened the door and you kind of officially start the game, I'm like, okay, I am going to die. Let's try and minimize the pain. And yeah, that's it. That's what happened. So the it's coming to me now. The name of the father is definitely Terrence. And the name of the wife is definitely Janice, or the mother. Ah. Janice is a park ranger yes. uh, who is working on a controlled blaze of a nearby forest. And uh, So you're saying f- that she's fire-watching? Oh, she's fire-watching for sure. Um, <laughs> and then uh, the father, Terrence, is an author of alternate reality JFK stories. He was ahead of his time. If also only, VCR reviews. Also VCR and hi-fi uh, audio player reviews. If only he knew that Stephen King would later become uh, very successful with an alternate JFK storyline. So, Mike, Mo got in the house and thought it was all about a murder. Um, what did you think when you got into the house? So, I had a similar video game reaction to walking in the house and it being dark and my reaction of always watching my back every time I walked into a room. Ooh, um, I hate that. Looking, going slowly around the corners, turning on lights as soon as I could, and then always looking back to make sure there wasn't something coming after me. Um, because they do a fantastic job of making you feel like this house is haunted and creepy. Um, because when you're standing there reading a note, you find, um, and, and you hear like the floor creaking behind you. <laughs> Yeah, or the wind blowing really hard against the windows. 
it just it, it really gets you it makes you feel like you need to exit out of reading that note and look behind you um until you get a, a little bit further in the game where you become settled and you realize that nothing is going to come and attack you and that it's really just about sorting out this story and finding out what happened to this family there's so many times where i thought there was something around walking are moving and I had to like retract my steps. I'm like, did I make that noise, or did something make that noise? This is before I got really deep into the game. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of like when you're in the main level, you haven't gone like to the left hallway, right hallway, or upstairs. I'd take a step and I'd hear a creak. I'm like, this is a different creak. And then I realize I'm walking on a carpet. And it's like, ah, okay, okay. I see what you did. I see what you did. What yeah, you and that developer. Uh, well, uh, for me, it was walking to the house, and uh, you know, on the, f- I'm I'm remembering kind of the the way I first felt. I didn't at first I was a little thrown because it's not what I was expecting just to be like in a 101 Dalmatian style mansion just like oh I'm in this Pacific Northwestern house let's just explore it it's just I guess it just wasn't what I was expecting I'd never really watched anyone play Gone Home obviously I've heard tons of people talk about it but I I wasn't expecting that but I can't tell you what I was expecting to me like the environment of the house was great the way the rain hits the house and like the the sound that it creates Mm -hmm. is great ambiance and and what I didn't even realize until I went through the developer commentary was that all of that was not scripted like it was just set on a there's one scripted moment throughout the whole game and the rest of it's just timers yeah so some people will be like, and then I walked into this room and turned on the light, and then I heard like lightning, and that's just it's it's not scripted that way. It just so happened to go that way. Correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like the scripted moment has to be walking down that hallway on the first level, and the TV turns on. And you hear I think TV it was the around the crucifix. I don't even think I saw the crucifix. What crucifix? Yeah, Jacob, enlighten us. See, murder. This is all you know murder based. Yo, crazy. I d- see. I don't even exactly remember. I just remember going through the developer commentary and him saying there's only one scripted moment and it has to do with the crucifix. But I think potentially what he meant was when there was like a that circle um, in the closet. They're trying to bring oh, back um, yes, the, Ouija board the original the owner of the house with the Ouija yeah. board. Yeah, the uncle. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of how I Mason. felt. Oscar Mason, the guy who's like the apparently the ghost in the house that. Sam and her friend were trying to like find out more about, and they Ouija boarded up. And who potentially abused Terrence as a kid. Ah, didn't pick that up. Did um, you read the note that was hidden in the desk from the okay, uncle so, to Terrence? Yes and no. I read like the first couple sentences of every single note, because my thought process is escape alive, stay alive, do not <laughs> do not pay attention to too many things, like let's just kind of power through it. Uh, and then like I don't know how you guys tackle these types of games, but like for me, like in school, we did this one lab where, in order to escape like a maze, one little strategy is you like pretend like you keep your left hand on the wall, and you just keep going around every wall, keeping your hand attached to that wall, and you eventually find like the exit. And I did that little like process in order to like make sure I pick everything up to read every little thing to make sure I get everything out of the game, and. Um, a lot of the times when I was reading things, because I did that, I read every single thing. I looked at every single wall. I looked at every single, like, uh, underneath every bed, underneath anything that was clickable, I feel like I clicked. And if there was some kind of audit, I don't think I missed anything. But no, I wow. did not read. I don't think I read it because I did all of that because I wanted to make sure I didn't miss anything. Yeah, the letter essentially says that uh, he knows they've been uh, distant and uh, that he heard about the, the birth of his first daughter um, and his, I think, the marriage. Uh, and he was happy to hear about it. And then he said something along the lines of, I hope you'll come and visit. Um, and they leave it at that. But it, it seems that there was a relationship that was clearly strained. Uh, um, yeah. No. Sorry, who's, whose relationship is this? The father, Terrence, and the yeah. uncle, Oscar. I thought Oscar was Terrence's dad. I might have missed something. No, no, yeah, it's his uncle. I totally, I totally missed that. Oscar is his uncle, and there's yeah. a will that says I leave all my stuff yes. to... Oh! Yep. God, that yeah. makes sense now. Yeah, I don't understand that will. I was like, why is he... 
Yeah, I don't understand what was going I on. I realized very early on in playing that there was going to be multiple threads of the story that was happening at once. Um, so I, I took out a notepad and I started making notes as I went, so that way I'd be able to keep the story clear in my head. But then you'd get murdered in the game if you killed those <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, you take too long writing, and guess what? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so I guess... There, sorry, go ahead, Mo. So I guess you, we get into the, the, the main room, where you feel all these emotions, and I feel like I'm going to get murdered. Um, <laughs> um, Can we take a second, though, to appreciate the fact that there's a duck, and the key is underneath it to get into the that? Christmas the Christmas duck? Yes. The Christmas duck. The Christmas duck. That's to Not get no into the, the room? Christmas I mean, the, the house? Yeah, I thought that was perfect. I thought it was really? perfect because that is like the standard spot that everyone puts the key, the extra key under the duck, <laughs> under <laughs> under like an ornament outside by the front door. Completely over it's my a head. Decorative I, I, rock. All I saw was a clickable. I picked it up, threw it, <laughs> and then I picked up the key and got in the house. This did not affect me in any way. I did not <laughs> attach it to any real life symbolism. No, it was just uh, there's an object. Did you know? Did you know there's a place for the Christmas duck in the house? No there? way. There's a nest in the attic. So when you get up to the attic, oh, there is. If you if you turn around, that's the nest for the Christmas duck. I you, like, saw put, that stupid if you place nest it down, does like, it there for? If you put it down, does it unlock like a secret like key for like for, uh, for Skyrim or something? Like you get like a duck hat. Is there any Easter eggs? It gives so, you a key to uh, to Firewatch. Far Cry Primal. Firewatch. Firewatch. So, with the Christmas duck, um, on PC there's no achievements, but on PS4 there are achievements. So, I'm just going to see right now if there's an achievement for that, because that would be pretty awesome if there was. So, the, the <laughs> moment that uh, I, I hit, like, my goosebumps moment was... So, one, I walked into the house and I was feeling, like, so super unsure. I turned on every light that I could as quick as I could. Um, 100%. Which is totally my reaction anytime I walk into a dark house. Exactly. As soon as you get into uh, a room, look to the right, click that little light thing. Exactly. The switch, because I'm not playing that game. Yeah. And the first hall I went down was the one that's, as soon as you walk in, to your left. Uh, so first I checked yeah. out the bathroom Same. on the left, and then I went down that hall. And as soon as you step into that hall, you see the glow of the TV in the room at the end of the hall. And you hear someone talking, and that's when I started getting goosebumps. I'm like, "Wait, okay, wait. this is going to be uh, a horror horror Mike, game." I have to stop you. I have to stop you. That specific moment where you see the where you're walking down the hallway and you see the TV going off in that one room down the hallway. Yeah, one hundred percent. The first thing that came to mind, you know, Toy Story when uh, Buzz Lightyear is trying to escape. Uh, that one kid's house and yeah. there's a dad sitting there sleeping and there's like the TV going and it's just as creepy. You don't want the guy to wake up. You don't want anything. Exact same moment. <laughs> See, I, I had a, I had a recall to the grudge where I thought oh, someone geez. might be walking out of that TV. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I walked down to the end of the hall cause I'm like, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die quick and I'll start this over again. <laughs> Yeah, um, no, I, I don't. I'm not a fan of those scary movies either. As you've noticed, the trend. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I just don't feel like I have to willingly support big pharma and buy these heart medications I eventually need <laughs> after these games. <laughs> so why not just live my life in a pleasant way and not do this to myself? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, uh, it it was definitely a little bit of a heart palpitation moment, but I, I mustered the courage to go into the room, look at the TV, hear what the response was, and then turn it off so I was no longer creeped out. Yeah, do you know the number one uh, funder slash supporter of The Grudge was uh, was Pfizer? The medication company? That's a total, You're making that up. Total lie, but like, it kind of makes sense. <laughs> it kind of makes sense. <laughs> no. We call that alternative facts where I live. Exactly. They're still facts. You use the word oh, fact. No. Therefore, let's not get into that. <laughs> Mike's just like, escape button, escape button, escape yeah. button. Uh, yeah. But your goosebump moment was that hallway with the TV with the going? TV. That was definitely my goosebump moment. Uh, Jacob, what did, when did you get the goosebumps, I guess, the first time you played it? So, I guess that I was the only one out of the three of us that didn't... Like that wasn't scared. Like obviously, what? I wasn't. I wasn't like, oh, this is a jolly stroll through the park. Do, 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 do. Like that wasn't what yeah. I was thinking. But at no point was I. I was uneasy, but I was never scared. 
and maybe because I played it during the day both times, I think, with the lights on. Uh, but to me, the goosebumps didn't come from being scared. They came from the main thread of the story and how I wasn't really expecting the game to go where it went until I was in it. Uh, so okay. for those who, just to kind of give a quick overview of what that is, so Sam, the little sister, one of her main, or rather her main plot line is around a friend named Lonnie that she meets at school and how Yolanda she realizes... Yolanda DeSantos. Goes by Lonnie. Or DeSoto. Sorry, my bad. They, they, start, they start by playing uh, Street Fighter 2 at the local arcade and then kind of Sam goes into the fact that like she's known that she was gay for most of her life and eventually goes to goes on to say that like Lonnie is someone that she has feelings for that are more than a friend. Yeah. So to me that was the goosebumps. Oh yeah, really? To me, yeah, that was the goosebump moment where I'm just like, I don't think I've ever had a like a story about homosexuality or a, rather just sexuality kind of creep up on me like that one did oh like out of nowhere really? it was I thought it was well done like the writing the uh, voice acting was incredible like it was it, it it did come out of nowhere but at the same time it was like oh okay cool like it keeps like let's see the the progression in each character keep moving forward um, yeah the first time I played it I didn't really know where it was going because I'm just like oh they've got this she got this new friend and maybe this new friend maybe they find maybe it's like stand by me and they find a dead body or maybe it's something else but I, I never expected it to go um, to a point where they develop feelings for each other ah okay I don't know why that's where my mind went almost straight away really oh, yeah what? I feel like it was leading that way earlier on, too. Like, he was building up to it, and then eventually, yeah. And um, see, there's an order in which you can you can get the, like, audio diaries, I guess, because the notes are the ones that trigger the audio from Sam. Mm-hmm. So on my first playthrough, I think I played it differently than on my second playthrough, where I went into a washroom, and in the washroom, there's a bottle of red hair dye. Oh, my yep. God. Yeah, yeah. That bottle of red hair. Yeah, I thought it was, was blood at first. So on my first playthrough, I didn't get red hair dye. I, I totally missed it. Like, I didn't even get it. Really? And on my second playthrough, I picked up red hair dye almost as one of the first audio diaries that I picked up. And if I would have picked up red hair dye first, I would have been like, oh, snap. Okay, she's developing feelings for her. But I think it's the way that I picked up audio diaries on my first playthrough led me to, oh, oh, it's about this. Oh. Right. The order that the stories unfolded matters yeah because i think that there are there are probably certain triggers like if you looked at the different audio logs there's probably two or three that you have to collect to finish the game but apart from that it's kind of free for all Mm. although i feel like they do maybe this is uh, through the, the bias of my you know the one playthrough experience i feel like they lead you in a in a pretty predetermined uh, way. Like, they nudge you in different ways to get to certain audio logs first, right? So when you go upstairs, you know almost for certain that you're going to go into Sam's room before you go into the parents' room, before you go down to the end of the hall where the attic is, or before you go to the the yeah. washroom. Just the, the, the architectural layout of it kind of mm-hmm. funnels you to experiencing some before others. Um, in the same way, they do the same thing downstairs, where you know you're going to, uh, I think, trigger the, the audio log Library. in front of the family portrait uh, right by the phone before you trigger anything down uh, by the TV where there's, yeah. the, uh, where there's the cassette for the music. They yeah. lead you, but they never force you, right? That's yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. I yeah. feel like I got a very linear storyline. Everything kind of flowed well together. And remember, I came from this completely blank, and I just followed my follow the wall, pick up everything as you go, go went to the left naturally, follow the storyline, went to every room, that, every room that came to me, I went to it first, cleared it out, went to the next room, cleared it out. Same here. And like kind of that kind of maybe helped me understand the storyline and gave me a better flow of things. Now, with me, it's a goosebump moment. I don't know if we kind of got there or not, but once they, she met Lonnie and they, they write a note, or one of the audio clips says, there's a secret door in the library, and like, 
Oscar was there or they heard like the ghost or something like that, that's the pause the game moment, Google it. Is this a scary game? And that's 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 what I check. Because as soon as I started talking about like ghosts and stuff, I'm like, okay, there's going to be some scares. I'm gonna I'm gonna get like a machine gun soon or like a gravity gun of some kind. Like, and here we go. The game's starting now. They're not um, expecting you to throw a Christmas duck at the thing that's trying to kill you. No, the, I was like, I'm gonna open this thing and like something's gonna happen. Something's gonna happen. We're gonna pick up the game, but it's just continuous kind of like. Always holding your breath, holding your mm-hmm. breath. Oh, here's more creepy. Here, now you're gonna definitely die. And let's not. Let's. I want to talk about this now, because I think at this point ish is when you kind of start going upstairs and you see the attic. The attic is down this long hallway. It's one of those drawstring pull down, Ooh. and then you can access it. So it's lit up with like Christmas lighting, and it's all red, and it has like a note saying like uh, Sam's like do not enter if the light yeah. is on and the lights on the whole time while you're playing and that's that's another like traditional like video game kind of way of saying you're going to die there's death here do not even come near it that or she's just developing pass. pictures or she's I, just developing pictures i yeah. thought that slight thought too when i was playing it i was like oh maybe she is but i'm like no 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 there's ghosts there's blood in that toilet with the red hair dye <laughs> um, it gave me flashbacks to the opening of max Payne 1 where you're in the house and uh, there's the red blood trail. Um, when I saw those red lights, that's that's what it reminded me of. It was like, okay, here's not only a big glowing, like, this is where you ultimately need to go, but it's red. Yeah. And yeah. it, uh, I mean, obviously, when, when you saw the sink, or sorry, the tub with all the hair dye, your brain first goes to blood. I think they use the creepy atmosphere. Um to good effect because it makes you like like you were saying earlier Mo it makes you slow down and like clear out every room and make sure you're not missing something it makes you take your time because you don't want to run around a corner and potentially get killed because yeah. that's that's our, our general reaction having played video games as much as we do yeah. um, and I, I think the using that creepy atmosphere you take you know a tub that's a little bit red and your brain goes to blood before it goes to hair dye. And you see those Christmas lights in the hallway and your brain goes to someone's going to be murdered here or this is a trap more than it goes to this is a teenager's dark room. Yeah, and like um, I think... And I, I think, sorry, I just want to say I don't think you yeah. get there without that creepy atmosphere. I don't think your brain jumps to those, those conclusions first um, without it being super ominous and creepy throughout the game. Yeah, and that's the whole thing. It's just it's a continuous climb of like your heart speeding up like an extra ten beats per second every like ten minutes. Just okay, okay, I'm gonna die now. Nope, okay, yeah. I'm gonna die now. Okay, next room. <laughs> this is definitely where I die. No, 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 no. Okay, open the sliding door. Okay, I'm gonna die here, down a creepy hallway, and then you go to the basement. Are you kidding me? That's traditional where you die. I and didn't go die. into the basement at all. I only realized that now. I got the key, but what? I never went. Just, yeah, I got the key, but I never went. How, can you beat the game without going into the basement? Apparently. Yeah, because uh, I'm, I don't think I went into the basement once. I'm pretty sure I uh, went through all the secret passages and grabbed all the, the different things that once, you know, once they're marked on your map, and then I went up to the attic, um, you know, and then you get the, the climax of the game as far as I'm concerned. When they take what do you think the climax is? You know so what, what's me, the climax of the game? The climax is when the music comes in and you hear the audio log of her outlining uh, the call that she has between Lonnie and herself, and you see the photos of Lonnie hanging on the wall mm-hmm. um, uh, being that was in the, being the processed. Um, no, yeah, that was you find in the, the code in the, the locker to get to the attic, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then as you progress through, you get to the end of the attic, and then they just take control away from you. Um, yeah, and then the and game then, ends. I guess Jacob, where, where would you say the state of climax is for you? Same thing. So yeah, if the climax, well, the the climax is the end, right? Like that is the beginning of the end. If if we're talking the beginning of the end, then yeah. the attic, the attic is definitely the climax where you go and you see the bed that's been set up. You see the pictures of the necklace that she purchased with the kind of S and L on it. 
um, where you see the picture of Lonnie, where you see the picture of her military uniform. To me, that's the climax. And then, obviously, the the end of the game is when you open Sam. I'm so sorry, I had to go. Like that's that's the end of the game. But I think that there are some really good moments throughout that are peppered in. Like to me, the most effective. Um, voiceover piece was when Sam was at the kitchen table and there's a note there and it talks about how she tried to come out to her parents and her parents just pretended like she didn't like they were in complete denial did you guys miss that one I totally Um, missed that one I think I might have missed a bit of it or I might have just read the first sentence or two I'm like okay next objective next objective I don't even think I saw a kitchen table yeah so when you when you go into the kitchen, you pick up a note, and it and she basically goes like, "I tried to tell my parents about Lonnie, and they like said it was just a phase. They oh, said that, yeah, yeah. yeah, like it was painful to listen to." Yeah, um, did, did, so this is after all that crazy stuff. Did you get the note in the garage? I think where it says, "Hey, uh, Katie, like uh, we're or no, hey, I think she's writing it to Sam. She's like, hey." We're going away for the the weekend, July or June, like the fifth to like the eighth. Uh, we'll be back like uh, soon. We left pizza money on the table. Uh, did you guys get that moment? Oh, that explains the pizza box. No, I didn't hear that one either. Okay, yeah, this, that one. This that one I did. This is a letter. It was literally from a pit. And this is where my complete opinion of the game completely got changed. I was irritated. So the whole fact that I thought mom and dad were murdered and stuffed in a closet somewhere or in the basement, and the fact that they were just like on a camping trip or one of them was on a camping trip for a couple of days and it matched the timeline of when Katie was coming home, so they're just not home. Oh, I was so upset because I thought there was no climax. I completely was offended because I thought I was going to die and no one killed me. That was irritating, and that's my main, I guess... So for you, a game isn't a game until you kill someone or get killed. Nothing happened. <laughs> nothing happened. It was a great what do you mean story. Nothing happened. What do you mean nothing happened? Okay, this is my point of view and how I enjoy. But when games. you watch a movie, does anything yeah. happen? So this <laughs> only was in Transformers. To, no, listen to this. It, you kind of like hit it right on the head. Well, yeah, when I'm watching a movie, I'm playing a game. I want things to happen. I want to be able to like punch something in the face I want to be able to like be, be able to interact not just picking up a duck and finding a key that was the most I guess interaction besides the amazing voice acting the storyline was fine but I wouldn't want to watch a movie I wanted to play a game okay. and that's where I felt like I was offended and oh, I can I think, rent more I mean, but I think I'm going to like contain myself and kind of here we this. get into a discussion about what what is a game right which Clearly, this doesn't fit the definition of what a game is because there's no clear objective. There's no um, there's no score that you get. There's no yeah. uh, comparison between other people. Um, but it's an interactive story, and it's told through the control scheme of a video game. It's told mm-hmm. in the design language of a video game. It's told with the trappings of a video game in the way that good video game stories are told. Mm -hmm. So whether it's a video game or not, I think doesn't actually matter. I think what matters is whether it, if it quacks like a duck and it sounds like a duck, (laughs) a Christmas duck, it looks like a Christmas duck, then it's a Christmas duck. Yeah. I I understand it's a game. I I bought it on steam. So I guess it makes, makes it a game, (laughs) but you know, maybe it's just my, it comes down to like taste of a game. I, felt like it was more of a movie that you walk through which is fine it was incredible like the, i thought the voice acting was one of the best i've ever seen in a in a quotation game i did love the voice acting I, I yeah have to agree if, with you there. if it wasn't for that i would have been just here telling you guys nothing happened and there was it was like a terrible story but i can't say it was a terrible story because it was a great story i felt attached to the characters i felt like the progression was great but as soon as i read that damn no and it's like oh we're just out of town oh just so, Mo, your issue is strictly that you feel as though it's not a game. I didn't do quote anything. Unquote, game. I didn't do anything. I, I opened a... I lifted up a duck, found a key. I walked into rooms, turned off lights, on and off. Oh, my God. And then I also... Um, I think that most, uh, the other most interactive thing that happened was I read that note that said, hey, we're just away for the weekend, so have a good day, and then cutscenes. You don't get any joy out of piecing together what's happening? <laughs> 
I loved I loved piecing together what was happening in the story. I loved piecing together the note from the uh, Janice's friend talking about the rough patch in their marriage and how that will change and how teenagers are teenagers and how oh I can't believe uh, Officer Rick Ranger Rick Ranger he Rick so studly and then you oh. go into her closet and you find a book of erotic fiction. A wildfire. A wi- exactly, wildfire. And you realize that, oh, and then you also find her performance evaluation of him and her request to make sure that he stays there permanently, that he gets yeah. transferred to her office. Th- putting together that story, I thought it was amazing. Reading mm-hmm. the fiction that Sam was writing from when she was a little kid to when she was older, the, the differences in how she progressed... Um, the school assignment of having to write uh, a short story about biology, either menstrual cycle or a sperm fertilizing an egg, and her writing a story about um, this this World War II uh, Polish girl and her boyfriend and how he dies and how she just, at the end of each paragraph, incorporates the sentence that she needs to for it to pass. Mm-hmm. And then the teacher's comments in red pen are just seeing yeah. with an exclamation mark. I thought you know, that was yeah. amazing. You know what? You know what? I think I can explain how my emotions like were affected and why I'm kind of upset with it. Think of it like this. I'm a 10-year-old little kid. Your parents wake you up in the morning and they go, Hey, we're going to go meet Mickey Mouse. And you're like, Yes! Mickey Mouse! Best thing I've expected in my life. Oh my god, yeah, let's go. You get all ready to go. They put you in the car. And then you go to the dentist office and the dentist is dressed like Mickey Mouse. And they're like, Hey, it's Mickey Mouse. We, we didn't lie to you. You still got the experience. And you freak out. You're like, I was expecting Disney World. At no point did your parents say you're going to Disney World, but you're expecting Disney World. So yours was an game. issue of expectation. 100%. I think that's what it comes down to. I, I was expecting yeah. more, and I got a great side thing, but I was expecting something else. So you're saying that this is an interactive book or an interactive radio drama and nothing more than that? A great radioactive book. Incredible radioactive book, but still <laughs> radioactive, radioactive book. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm so flustered, man. Book. I'm so flustered, I just can't even deal with this. But, but yeah. even that, and the, like the whole storyline about the father, right? The father is a basically a failed novelist <laughs> who tried his alt JFK stories not once but twice. His publisher dropped him. Mm-hmm. Um, he has to make reviews about hi-fi systems and about VCRs just to pay the bills. And there's like a white knight publisher that comes in and says, "Hey, we have a devout fan base that will eat up anything we give them. We want to publish your books." Oh, and I then didn't see that one. And see, that's another wrinkle in their marriage is that he f- feels inadequate as a man because he can't seem to write a book that anybody cares about. And you'll find in the kitchen, again, there's like a crumpled up manuscript and on it, it the, the wife has written, keep trying, honey, on it. Oh, wow. So, yeah, there's that. And then, like, in addition to finding her, like, smut, you also find one of dad's nudie magazines underneath a pile of, like, his, like non-sold copies of his book and then you can oh, also find no. Sam's smutty magazines in her in her room yes, and there's her and it's a smutty magazine about you know it's, it's Gillian Anderson on the cover yes I love that so much because who yeah. doesn't love Gillian Anderson right right like especially today she only got better with age and um I think like the there's that storyline and then even there's a letter from um their grandfather so from katie's grandfather terrence senior i think is his name and he's a phd and essentially in the father's office there's a letter that says like i know you find it in the basement and it's on the back of one of the copies of his book and it's taped to the back and it says something like son i'm glad that you got published but i think that your book is bad you should keep trying <laughs> yeah i wish i would have i think the, the last line is keep trying or something like it's a very like backhanded compliment like last line of a letter and i thought it was perfect right next to the home alone furnace i really need to go and go and play that again and go to the basement yeah there's a lot in the basement there's some there's a a pretty good um audio diary from sam about lonnie's last concert in the city as well i don't know about you but I'm, i'm a big fan of pacific northwest stories me too uh, can Twin I throw peaks, just a random curveball about this game? Just one last little thing. Sure. Yeah. So, do you know the family portrait? 
The, yes. The one, the main one with like the dad on the right side. In the main so, hallway. Yeah, the main hallway, the, the main like I guess art for the game. So when I first played the game, this is something small, but I completely thought that okay, so Sam is the one on the far left, the girl, the little girl, and then I thought Caitlin, you as the player, were the one at the very top, like the middle. Yeah. But that's the mom. And then the one in the like the middle, the bottom next to the dad is actually is actually Caitlin. You, you're like in the middle of the photo. Yeah, in the middle. Yeah, did, in the so middle did you, at the top. No, no, no. The middle of the top is the mom. That's Janice. That's not Caitlin. You. Do you All understand? Right. It? Do you understand? It? Do you I think I think we're thinking of different photos. Oh no no no! Hundred percent. We're thinking. Of the, I'm looking at the family portrait in game. The entire time. Let me, let me look it up. It's it's wrong. You're thinking exactly how I thought of it when we played the game. It's just because so there's no way that the one yeah. at the top in the middle. That's that's Janice, the mom. Caitlin, the two girls are the bottom left. But because like the damn, Ka- see? Yeah, you know you're saying? right. You're Isn't right. <laughs> Janice was looking pretty young. Yeah, and then Caitlyn had like the the cardigan on, and I think made her look like she was 104. Yeah, that's totally it. It's and that jacket. The, it's a mom yeah. jacket. It's 100 percent mom jacket. And she's next to the jacket. dad, exactly. And yeah. she's like huddled up next to the dad, so it's like okay. Wait, which one? Which one is the mom on top mom? or in the middle? Top is the mom. How positive oh. are you, Mo? Okay, look up Gone Home portraits. Uh huh. Or Gone Home characters as well, and you'll you'll see like uh, I'm gonna I think it's a giant bomb article or a giant bomb like website. Um, and you'll see like the characters split up, like by photo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll see if I can pull. Yeah, the giant bomb one. Yeah, and then you'll see. Uh, what's it called? Janice is the one at the very top. Caitlin, and when it's zoomed in on her face, you can tell she's younger looking ish. And then Sam is the one on the left. Do you see the giant bomb website? Or should mm-hmm. I send it to you guys? No, no, it's go. good. It's good. Yeah. Um. Very cool. Random. I I but. love little th- I love the the ambient storytelling in this game. Just finding little things like the the motorcycle that had the note of like, oh yeah, this is the one that me and my dad are building. And it's like okay, it's very clear now how she like escaped. Um, oh, or at least in, oh, in, I missed that. I missed that no? completely. Um, I I just assumed that's what it was. I didn't get to the garage. Um, so there might have been a motorcycle in the garage. I but, think there was. Uh, Okay, so then, see, I, I love the fact that I could piece together a story that made sense out of what I found. Mm-hmm. Um, There's also an invoice for a haircut um, that I think it's under the couch for the mom, and obviously that haircut is so she looks way sexier for Rick, right? Ranger Rick. And don't, do they go to a concert as well? Because in one of the greats, there's a concert ticket. Ooh, I didn't notice that. I saw that. Yeah. I just didn't connect it together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Jake, I got to go back to your comment about loving stories in the Pacific Northwest. I think there were so many great things throughout that gave it that sense of it being in that uh, that that time and place of the Pacific Northwest or the West Coast in the North um, and being in the mid-90s. Um, I thought I thought it was perfect. So you see all of the X Files tapes throughout mm-hmm. the uh, the television rooms, um, which is just a reference I loved because one, I'm a big X Files fan, and two, just knowing that X Files, even though it doesn't take place in Vancouver or the Pacific Northwest for the most part, it looks very much like that because it was filmed in Vancouver. So you still get yeah. that same you know Pacific Northwest vibe. Um, and then all of the music tapes, the cassettes throughout. I love yeah. the way I love the way that helped just build the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other thing that I loved about it was it 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 was essentially an audio log. Of in many cases, you put them in, and you know an audio log plays. Um, but the thing that I think took it beyond a typical audio log was that you didn't just grab it and then it went. You had to grab it and find a cassette player to play it in. And that uh, it made it seem like it was less just a collectible and more of you engaging with with the game in a world. Um, so, yeah, absolutely love that. 
Yeah, and I think to me, another thing that kind of helped nail not necessarily the time and place, but like the time in the life of the main character is like some of the high school notes that were that were passed. So if you read some of the notes, I, I you know, we're all around the same age, so we didn't have cell phones at the start of high school, or it was still like a a very like. Um, expensive a, a new thing an expensive thing so that would have been like we would be in high school like in the early 2000s right so they'd be in high school maybe f- six or seven years before that where no one had a cell phone so the only way that you could you know talk to your crush or you know figure out plans without the teacher knowing would be sending notes and i don't know about you guys but i still have i probably still have like one or two notes from high school somewhere under my bed and they were like they nailed the high school note passing game like to a T. Yeah. I thought those notes were fantastic. I, I also think the notes were why I could tell that there was more going on between Lonnie and Sam than just friendship. It seemed very flirty back and forth. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and and to, to me, another another story piece I'm just kind of saying everything that I liked about the game as we kind of get here to the end. I I really liked how there was a they really tackled uh, sexuality in the army really well. Yeah, I don't know if you caught yeah. that piece of it. I didn't touch that much. It was like the don't kiss, don't tell. It's one of the audio clips that you, that you that you got to like pick up and hear about. Yeah, yeah. Lonnie is is uh, well. It's all always Sam, but Sam is very much like. I don't understand why you, you know, you are someone who likes and who likes women and you on the other side, you are just like, you know, you write zines, you like alternative music, you wear different clothes. And then, you know, at after school, you're training to be a part of the army where it's very like tight like top button tight collared and also it's don't ask don't tell so to me that was very much like a parent putting that on the child just like religion is something that in the game is just kind of touched on a little bit and in one of the audio logs steve gainer talks about how his experience with religion and i may be paraphrasing here but his experience with religion is something that he put into the game as in like you know, we all have, uh, you know, experience with religion, but a lot of the time it's just put on us by our parents and we don't really make a choice for ourselves until we're older. Mm-hmm. So I think you find Bibles, you find there's a couple yeah. Bibles throughout the game. So like just the way that they put those breadcrumbs out for you to find and how some of the storylines are more like stuck more with me, stuck more with you, Mike. Maybe didn't stick with Mo. I don't know. There's no explosions, um, but I think it's. I Where think is it's, the gravity gun? Where there's is no it? Uncle Ghost that's coming to kill him. Exactly. Yes, it's it's under the Christmas duck. Oh damn duck! Mo probably spent a good amount of time sitting at that uh, pentagram table trying to you bring the Ouija board there and summon the uncle. Yeah, it was like from Doom Three, just the same situation. I want to summon that little demon guy. Uh, yeah, so I, I just thought that that was that was great. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I thought I thought it was kind of funny finding the uh, the journal that I think Katie says, "Oh man, this was from like grade four or something," and then underneath it you find a Bible, which to me signals that like, oh yeah, clearly this has not been touched in a long time, um, and this yeah. is not like an active part of their lives. Yeah, and I think they evoke a lot of what, like, I think of shows that were, like, you You probably think of, like, the shows that you named, so, like, Twin Peaks and X-Files, but, like, I'm very, like, into, like, high school drama type shows, so, like, I was thinking of My So-Called Life, I was thinking of, like, Life Unexpected, which is one that came out, like, maybe six or seven years ago with Britt Robertson, and those are the shows that I think of when I think of, like this game, the setting, and what they were trying to accomplish narratively. You know, one other show I'd bring up, Daria. I don't know if you've watched much of Daria, but no. uh, it gave me that it gave me a bit of that vibe too. Um just the disaffected teens and teen angst uh in the nineties. Hashtag teen angst. Hashtag teen angst. Um, uh, yeah, oh it's a cartoon. So, yeah, and it it was uh it was pretty solid. 
um, yeah, I, I thought the game did a fantastic job of telling the stories and not making them, uh, not hitting you over the head with them, allowing you to discover the stories that were happening. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. feel like they do a great job of immersing you in the world so you don't feel like an outsider. You feel like you're part of the family, learning more about your family, when um, about all the things that happened when you were away. Um, yeah, so... It, for me, I love the game. I thought it, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I think we want to we want to try something new here. So I think in the end, um, if you had to like sum this game up in ten words or less, how would you sum the game up? I gotta take a second to think. Um, Mike, you go first before me, I guess, or Jacob, whoever gets the ten word or less, My, fire so, it off. So my my short impression is that it is a fantastic game that immerses you and tells uh, a variety of stories extremely well, and that's probably a little bit more than ten words. But I think you get get a yeah. nice big. Nice well, then here synopsis. I'll I'll average out our ten words a piece by just saying um, it's a masterclass in masterclass. Well, no, but like in object-based storytelling, if that's a thing, in ambient storytelling, yeah, ambient a masterclass yeah. in ambient storytelling. That's that's what I would say. My initial out of nowhere, I didn't even think about it too much. It's a great story that thinks it's a game, and I won't play again. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but I had oh, to, I had no. to kind of give it something like that. Like it's it was great, but I'm I'm I don't like these games. This was good because of the storytelling. If it wasn't there, it'd be thrown into the pile of games that I wouldn't play again because... Well, without the storytelling, there's nothing. Without storytelling, there's nothing to this game. Yeah, exactly. So that's why for me, I don't know. It's it's a great story, but I don't know. I I still don't think it's a game because I'm I'm obviously... I'm 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 expecting something else when I think of a game, and I think that's where, like, the difference comes. But yeah, I feel like I went to the dentist expecting Disney World and I... Just got the dentist. <laughs> uh, right. So, so should this game be left behind? Never. Uh, Mo, I uh, leave it behind. I, I can't. Sorry, guys. I, leave it behind. And I, I'm with Mike. Like, you need to play this game. Uh, yeah. I would play this game over Shadow of the Colossus any day. Oh. Yeah. Oh. How do I disconnect this call right now? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, I, 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 no, but and on uh, our yeah. next episode, it's just going to be me and Jake. <laughs> yep, exactly, exactly. And me petitioning outside of the of the recording. Yeah, so I wonder what game that Mike is not going to like next time. Yeah, yeah. it's funny because we have we have two approvals of Shadow of the Colossus and one no approval. And now for this game, we have two approvals. So next, I guess for the next one, Jacob. Uh, we both have to like it no matter what, and Mike has to not like it. But damn it, he's going to be. So that's going to be very difficult because I'm choosing the next game. Yeah, this is going to. Okay. So Mike, why, why don't you tell us uh, what the what the next game uh, that's part of the Left Behind Game Club? So the next game that we're going to play is Jonathan Blow's Braid, the very sweet. first big indie game. Sweet, sweet, sweet. So yeah, I Braid. think it was. Uh, it was it was seminal for proving that digital distribution and smaller games could work, uh, and uh, you know it set the standard for a lot of indie games to to go forward. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited. I've never played all the way through it, and uh, I'd like to I'd like to figure it out and force myself to get get through it this time. Yeah, Steam says I've played 0.8 hours of it. Um. I'm excited to go back into it though. I thought it was really cool. I just for some reason probably things came up. I never really got to play it. So yeah, I've played can, it. Uh, I've played it for 46 minutes. So I'm, um, and I did that back in 2009. So I think I'm pretty excited to actually play through it. Yeah, yeah. same. So awesome. I think uh, I think we'll probably be able to get that one done in one episode. But I'll uh, I'll sit down yeah. and I'll map it out and we'll uh, we'll tweet out whether we're doing it in one or two. Sweet. That sounds awesome, great. Um, Mo, Mike, I want to thank you so much for uh, tuning in today to, or tuning in to jumping on today to talk about Gone Home, despite what some people think about the game. Hint, hint. Terrible game. Disney World. It's not, it's, oh, 
I'm just getting upset here just hearing him talk about Let's this. Just yeah, leave the discussion do, behind. Let's leave so the discussion you can find behind. Jacob McCord at jacobmccordbabykiller.com. Don't stop. Don't. You can find me, Jacob McCord, at Jacob McCord or jacobmccord.com. Mike, where can the people find you? You can find me at, at Ruffalo M, R U F F O L O M, on Twitter and most other places online. And Mo, where can you find you Same. other than in a corner not liking good video? I'll be playing real video games at M Murtadi. That's M M U R T A D I, all the social media handles and the Gmail. All right, it's been a treat. And uh, it has been. You could find uh, this and many more episodes at leftbehindgame.club or you can find us on Twitter at leftbehindclub. And that's all for today. Thanks so much, guys. See you guys.